Yeah. <laughs> if you were drinking, yeah, I would say, yeah, no, it's a little early for that now, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, so today. Mm -hmm. Is everybody here? You guys are awesome for doing this. Thank you so much. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us. You were, well, my goodness, like, wow. Okay, how is everyone doing? On a scale of, of one to ten, let's let's just let's just throw thumbs up or thumbs down or eh. Survey says. Yeah, like a seven. <laughs> yeah, we're good. Seven. That's it. A seven. Yeah, solid, right? You know, it's good. It's solid. Solid seven. Okay. Today I'm at about. Oh, we got one more. Hey. This is everybody. This, this is everybody. everybody. Yeah. I'm gonna say today I'm at a solid four. Let's yeah. get it to a five. <laughs> All right. So that's more like mm -hmm. I'm gonna swear, I'm gonna say I'm like this. <laughs> <laughs> that's my Carrie. Yeah. So all of you, I'm Sandra and this is Carrie. Okay. And let's go through if you don't mind, just let me as as we are on the screen. I see Victor next. Uh, Victor, where are you so and how you doing? I'm good, thank you. I'm on the East Coast right now in Maryland, although New York based. Um, but you know, my I have a two year old and my wife and I are down in Maryland just trying to give her some space and you know, freedom to move and you know, we're very lucky. So we're doing okay. Cool. And you're a singer? Yes, tenor. Fabulous. And then we have Elisa. Oh yeah, but yay! <laughs> Most people call me Sunshine, which I prefer because they can't pronounce my first name. But you nailed it. <laughs> Good <Yeah>. Job song. <laughs> Brad Vanosky, my life, right? Where are you, Lisa? I am in New York City right now. Okay. Whoa, girl. Yeah, it's monsooning here right now. So, oh, sorry about that. Been there the whole time for the whole whole lockdown. I was in um, San Jose for most of it. I got to New York City maybe three weeks ago. Oh, cool. Okay, so you missed the bad part of New York City. I did, yeah. I planned this well with coming back in August with all the humidity, so. Oh, good times, yeah. yeah. You're, a, you're a singer? <laughs> Sorry, what? You're a singer? Yes, yes, I'm a soprano. soprano? Oh, soprano. Mm -hmm. All right, so <laughs> soprano that speaks as low as I do. Love right. <laughs> <laughs> and then we're gonna go over here to Esther. Hi, I'm Hi. and I'm in San Francisco right now. Oh, cool. Okay, doing okay out there? Yeah, yeah the weather's a little, uh, well, it was a little rainy earlier, but uh, it's been pretty good so far, and, and all things considered, I think I'm doing well. Okay. All right, then we go to Christopher, hey? Which one? Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Oglesby. Christopher right below me, how about that? <laughs> Christopher Oglesby, did I say that okay. right? Yeah, that's great. Cool. Uh, I am en route back to San Francisco. Today, I'm in Tennessee. Where? Uh, right outside of Memphis. Yesterday, I was right outside of Atlanta, Georgia. We visited some families, so we're heading back. Uh, okay. We'll be back in next Monday. Cool. I'm in, I'm in downtown Nashville. Nashville. Okay. There you go. I, I, I went 840 around you yesterday. Good for you. Don't come here. It's bad. <laughs> And I'm Christopher. Hey, how you doing? Where are you coming from? Oh, uh, me. Hey. Uh, yeah, I'm in San Francisco. Um, I'm doing well. I uh, went for a nice walk this morning with my wife down to the Marina Bay. Uh, 
and uh, just kind of hang, hanging. I'm good. Nice. I'm a tenor as well. Nice. Oh, yeah. And um, tenor. just, uh, wow. I miss Chris. We're actually, uh, we live right across the hall from one another. Yeah. And uh, we're in the same building. So we've been kind of like quarantining together, doing classes together. And it's been a really nice kind of like connection to have with, with other people. And, you know, it's, it's nice. 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 That's, that's nice to hear. Miss you, buddy. Miss you too, man. Aww. Andrew, how you doing? Hello. Hi, I'm Andrew. I'm a pianist. I'm in San Francisco right now, about three minutes from the opera house. A lot of good it's doing me. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry I'm laughing, yeah. but yeah, haha. <laughs> <laughs> we have to laugh now, don't we? A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, okay. And then underneath you, we have Anne-Marie and Stefan, or... Is that right? Stefan. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. I'm Anne Marie. I'm a soprano, and we are in San Francisco. Uh, yeah, we're in the outer sunset, so right by the beach, which is really nice. Oh, cool. And I'm Stefan Eggerstrom, and I'm a uh, bass. Wow. Nice. Okay. Are you guys allowed to get on the beach out there in San Fran? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, there was a while where we weren't allowed or where they were, they were at least not allowing people to park by the beach. And I'm not honestly sure. I haven't walked like that way down recently okay. to see if they're still not allowing that, but people are allowed to like walk with social distancing and masks. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. And then we have Simone, hello. Simone or Simone? Hi, how are you? Good. Simone. Okay. Yeah, I'm a... Uh... I'm coming from North Bay, Ontario, um, and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> are you in Toronto? Uh, I'm in Caledon, so I'm about an hour north. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I'm a mezzo and been enjoying being around nature, which is really nice. Yes. If I turn my, if I turn my camera, you guys would see our 20 acres of forest, which has been my salvation, I'm telling you. Okay, Jenji, are we right? Yeah, it's me. Uh, I'm Zheng Yi Bai. Zheng Yi, I'm oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, Zheng Yi Bai. I'm from China. Right now, I just stay at home in San Francisco, and I have been singing a song called I Left Myself in San Francisco. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh we're going to have to put that up with this video. Fabulous. Wow, that's a ways away from home, huh? My goodness. And then, we, oh. Okay, you're gonna have to help me. It's me, right? Yes. Postankina. <laughs> Postankina. Postankina. Oh yes, I should know where the accent is. It's on the. Yes. How are you? Where are I'm you? Good. Uh, my name is Ksenia, and I am um, a pianist, and I'm in San Francisco right now. Good. Okay. And last but not least, Tim. Hey, I'm Tim. Um, I San Francisco and I'm a We lost did you. I, did I cut out? Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> Hello? Hello, can you Hello. hear me? Hello. Okay. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Uh, I'm Tim. I'm in San Francisco and I'm a baritone. Awesome. All right. Okay. <laughs> well, thanks all of you for joining us, really. Carrie and I are, are doing this series uh, about young artists, and we really wanted to highlight all of the big, important young artist programs and reach out, kind of like what Carrie and I have been doing over the last few months, 
and just see how everybody's doing and talk about what's going on in our business and the world. Yeah, how are you all managing? Now, um, if y'all don't mind or if whoever wants to take this, just so that people that maybe aren't familiar with San Francisco Young Artist Program, what the difference is between the Adler Program and the Marilla Program. Is anybody, and you guys are all, if I'm correct, a part of the Adler Program, am I right? Okay, so anybody wanna answer that question? Who wants to take it? Okay. Hey. Okay. So Marilla is the summer long program. It's under the auspices of the Marilla Opera Program, not the San Francisco Opera, although they work in tandem. Okay. They share members of staff between the Marilla Opera Center and the San Francisco Opera Center. We are under the uh, administration of the San Francisco Opera and we are the year long program. Um, we don't take a break in the summer because San Francisco has a summer season. So our contracts run January or yeah, January to December calendar year, whereas Marilla is a, uh, you know, just the summer. Okay. But you can't be an Adler fellow without having first been in a Marilla program. Oh, wow. Okay. So Marilla is like a stepping stone into where you guys are now. Is that correct? Is that correct? And then what about your contracts? I mean, because I'm, I mean, I was supposed to be there in the springtime and that, you know, contract was null and void, obviously. So what about your contracts for the fall? Are you still working for the opera company? Yeah, we've been graciously, graciously kept on. Um, the opera has really put their money where their mouth is and um, they have done above and beyond what we would have expected from them to keep us on um, and also to uh, fill our schedules. Even though we don't have main stage, we've been doing languages and role studies and coachings and many other things that they've really, uh, really shown us how much they value us and how much they have invested and are willing to keep investing on us. Awesome. Great. So how are you guys doing with all the Zoom voice lessons? Honestly. It's good. I mean, it's, <laughs> yeah. there's always something I think you can get out of it. It's a different, like, it's obviously a different uh, experience uh, than what we're used to and what's the norm. But, um, you know, I don't know, with, co with coachings and lessons and everything over Zoom and, uh, you know, there's, I think there's something positive that you can take away from every single one that, you know, makes you better and that like ups, you know, your, your game. And that's just kind of like, no matter how small or whatever, I mean, it's, it's something and that's a good thing to focus on. And that's a positive, you know, trying to keep it positive, you know, overall. Um, Anybody able to yeah. do anything in person? Sorry, go ahead, please. Oh, oh I was say that I think that it honestly, it's not as good as in person, but I think that it does um, force both like the teacher or coach and the singer to be a bit more aware of like the intricacies of what they're doing and not to get caught up in like singing to the residents, the piano or the residents, the room or yeah. um, I just think, yeah, I think that honestly, there are things that we get from it. I think the, the teacher can see you up nice and close. Um, so I don't know. I think that it's obviously not the same as the real thing, but it's uh I, I found it really beneficial, obviously better than doing nothing. <laughs> oh, what about coachings? Because, and I haven't had one yet since we've been locked down, but I've been hearing that coaching is kind of difficult because of the lag sometimes. So Andrew, or the, I'm sorry, I'm going to totally screw up your name and I don't want to, but Post, 
Postyankina, is that right? No. You can just say Xenia. Xenia is my first name. Xenia. Okay. Thank you, Xenia. Sorry about that. Um, um, okay. So any of the pianists want to talk about that? Because I'm really, I'm curious about how I have been told that sometimes it's like one phrase at a time. So how are you all doing that? It's, uh, it's been challenging in that we can't play along and, or influence the singer in the way that we play, but it's also been nice in that I, we don't have to worry about playing and listening and doing all this multitasking. Sometimes it's just like, all right, sing your phrase and I, we can listen very closely, whereas okay. you can sometimes get distracted in coaching, especially if you're working on something that you as the pianist haven't played before and you're sight reading and playing and listening. So okay. it's been okay. Okay. Well, I haven't done it yet, but I have to say doing all this Zoom that Carrie and I have been doing, I'm getting a little tired of it. You know, I just want to reach out and hug somebody, don't you guys? And and for me, I haven't I haven't done the lesson online. I haven't done a coaching online. And people, I've had hundreds and hundreds of people ask me, will you give me a voice lesson? And I think you have to have that relationship started already with your teacher to do it then to, to take it into the virtual level. And I don't think a lot of our viewers out there understand how physical what we do as singers really is. And as a teacher, how physical, how hands-on. I don't know if you all agree with that, but I find that when I teach or when I give master classes or whatever, I'm, I'm all up in your junk. I mean, really. <laughs> I touch people. I, I swear to God, I'm going to get sued someday. Because this sounds really bad, Sandra. Because <laughs> listen, you know, breathing, right? How do you how do you demonstrate where you need to breathe and how low it has to be? Mm -hmm. And you know, you can't quite show that on Zoom. And I'm wondering, have any of you now done any lessons or coachings live now that the US has moved further forward ahead? No, not yet. Nothing. Do you feel comfortable with that? I actually, I would say that um, we have a master teacher, Maestro Cesar Yoa, who's phenomenal. Um, and as you spoke to, having that relationship started really does help. Um, but we've done some work, and even, you know, the coaches as well, we've done some work on several roles for spring and fall seasons where, you know, you bring them uh, something, maybe a trouble spot or an aria, something like that. And the, the wherewithal that they have to actually tap into your physicality in a metaphysical way through a Zoom call is like pretty incredible. And they do work that is just like, I know that I'm getting better as, as I work through it. And that's, Ooh. that's amazing. So, you know, having that work and that time to be also self analytical and, you know, stay in pitch without a piano being there. Cause you know, if you're in a big house, you might not hear the orchestra or, you know, keep a tempo, you know, if you're not Ooh. working with the maestro, it's, it really can be another way of training that's very helpful. So I've enjoyed it. It makes you work more on your own. Do you all notice that? Hmm that you're, you're having to do it yourself. And that's, that's something that I've preached for a long time is that I, as a young artist, knew that I was way too dependent upon my teacher. I almost <laughs> like paralyzed, right? Like, is this right? Am I in the right position? Whoa, blah, blah, blah. And anytime you had a problem and she finally just said to me, my goal is for you, Sandra, to go and learn how to do this on your own. Mm -hmm. And is that, are you all feeling that now that you're kind of being forced to do it on your own more? Yeah. I see Esther like shaking her head like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you exploring, are you exploring your vocal technique more on your own now? 
Yeah, I think so. And and also because we're um, we're limited to the size of the rooms that we're in, um, we have to listen to ourselves completely differently. Um, or just, you know, fight the tendency to want to shrink down. I mean, at least speaking for myself personally, um, in my head, I'm thinking, oh, my God, I'm so loud. I'm in this tiny room and I have neighbors um, and mm -hmm. I have to fight the tendency to not uh, shrink my technique just because of that. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm careful about um, uh, how often I'm singing and I'm really grateful to have roommates and neighbors that are uh, really... Um, you know they're they're gracious and they allow me to practice but um yeah there's it's a different way of looking at technique now <laughs> good good that's a great um i mean i live in a condo in downtown nashville and i know everybody on my floor and probably above and below me can hear me when i practice um and i have haven't had a complaint yet knock on wood but has that stopped any of you um to be able to practice or anything like that has that been a problem no. Only if you're looking only if you're looking for a new apartment during this time, which oh. I had to do. And so that was kind of a an unfortunate caveat that I had to relate to my um potential roommates, you know, okay. when I was apartment searching. Yeah. That hey, I'm probably gonna have to be singing <laughs> a lot during yeah. the day. So Are you but it's all good. Are you all doing a lot of singing online now too? Are they, are you recording songs and keeping up with it? Do you like that? Mm. Mm. It's it's like, like, oh, go ahead. No, 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 please. Um, it's um, an interesting experience because the feedback that you get from an audience is so rewarding and so immediate and to um, perform uh, to a video camera and then have it be um, be edited and uh, then put out, and the uh, the feedback being so delayed, it's a very different experience. Mm -hmm. um, and I guess learning how to translate the feedback and the excitement that we get from uh, the the video performances is is interesting and a new part of our career, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, I know. So what are you all afraid of? What's, what's the biggest fears now? Because Carrie and I will tell you ours, but what, what do you see as the future of opera? Where do you see your futures? And what are your fears? Everybody's like, I'm not answering that question. <laughs> I, I'll tell you what I'm afraid of. How about that? I'm afraid that opera will never, ever, ever be the same again. That is my biggest fear because as Simone just said, that one-on-one that -on -one contact with the audience, that thrill, that visceral feeling of that wall of applause or booze, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's what really feeds us as artists and makes us want to do better. And to, to have that feeling that we might never get back to that is, almost dis debilitating for me some days. How about you all? Crickets. <laughs> On that note, I, I feel like humans are highly adaptable, which is what's getting us through what's going on now. Um, but humans, I also just crave connection with each other. And I think 
that's that's the the science that's the hope that i'm holding on to that live arts won't ever die out as long as we remain adaptable in some way but mm -hmm. in my that's what's keeping me going i know eventually it'll come back because there is that need for human connection mm -hmm. yeah i agree uh, so how many of you have woken up in the morning and not wanted to sing yeah. <laughs> and how many of you are singing every day? Wow, I'm totally impressed. It's a routine thing, you know? I feel like sometimes my head is like ahead of my body in some days, and some days, like, if, if my head's not where my body wants to be, I just have to make myself do something. I, I fall into that routine. I make sure, I, you know, luckily, I'm, I'm grateful to, to be here with my wife, and we, you know, we've been spending a lot of time together, cooking, going for walks, you know, enjoying art together in, in whatever capacity we can and enjoying just life together. Um, but I think, I don't know. I mean, so, it's so day to day and you have to remember to be kind to yourself. I think that's something that, you know, this kind of forced us in a way and, and it, it can kind of force things to slow down. Uh, and if you will let it slow down and kind of try to trust that it's okay to live in just this moment right now, which, outside of this, you know, I can, I know I'm always like thinking, you know, my head's on a swivel, you know, and, and it's like, uh, it can get a little overwhelming in that way. But this is a very nice way to kind of, this is all we got is right now. And that gets forgotten and kind of tossed to the wayside in the kind of the, the rat race of life and the, and the fast paced nature of like how everything is, especially for like our business trying to get ahead, you know? Right. So. Brilliant. Well, I got it. Uh, what are you all doing for in theme with that? I mean, I know that there are days for Sandra and I, we've talked about this publicly that, you know, it's a roller coaster ride of emotions. So on the down days when you're kind of in the dumps or depression hits or whatever word you want to use to call it, is there anything that you guys are using as tools to cope with, especially for people that are watching this that might be feeling this? Um, the same way too, is there anything that you guys do? I have my stuff, Sandra has her stuff. What do you guys yeah. do to cope with that? I would, I would, um, I love what Chris said because I've taken a lot of time to apply what I would have put into singing to athleticism. And I wanted to build an athletic body and I figured if I were to stay on top of my, um, my athletic uh, pursuit in some way that would be giving to what opera requires. So, you know, like if going full steam ahead into a couple of Verity roles, getting through them, but then not really having anywhere to put them for the moment. Mm -hmm. I was like, all right, well, where do I put all this energy? And I decided to just create a training regimen for myself. And that's become really positive for me because if I'm down and most days I really am, yeah. uh, but I'm a father and I have, you know, responsibilities and, and, you know, I can't just curl up in a ball. Right. So, you know, I put myself to the grindstone and I say, you know, I'm going to run four miles. I'm going to do X amount of whatever. And by the time that's done, I've done something for myself that has, you know, released endorphins, oxygenated my brain, helped my posture, created better breathing. And I can face myself and be like, you know what, I did something good today. Maybe I'll sing part of me, you know, and, and just enjoy it. So that's for me, it's been physical fitness. And, you know, all my colleagues know that's been a through line for me for a long time, but that has come to that for me, like wow. every day, that invitation. So thanks for asking that question. Yeah, sure. Anybody else want to share what they're doing to cope? I guess for me, it's similar, but maybe not like as intense. Like I love 
we, we, me and Stefan are so close to the ocean and I like, I've just like started going on walks and like even just like starting off my day with that, starting moving, being outdoors, taking in nature, it helps calm me and helps like give my brain that space to just like meditate really. Or you know, like sometimes I'll listen to like a really like great podcast, like Sunshine sent me an awesome one and I was just listening to it on my walk and it helps, you know, you're, you're setting yourself up for your day in a more positive space. Cool. So. Yeah. You think as artists that we're trained to, to be more, have a regiment and, you know, to follow a schedule as opposed to other people? Or do you find that we as artists sometimes get very distracted and can't follow a schedule right now? Anyone? I see Chris, Chris was smiling. <laughs> I think it depends on the person. I think some artists need structure and others uh, resist structure and I think that that's important especially as opera singers for us to discover what works for us because our career doesn't have a ton of structure yeah you, when, when you're in a contract you're going to be um, tied to the structure of the rehearsal department at that opera company mm -hmm. um, but outside of that we have you know when we're not on contract we have a lot of time and I think all of us need to discover for ourselves like do we thrive on, you know, practicing when we feel like it and when we're like, you know, um, inspired or do we thrive on being like, I'm going to practice for this amount of time each day and I'm going to schedule it around my, my workout or my other like responsibilities in my life. I think everyone's different. Has this changed any of your views about how your future is going forward because of the pandemic and because of how we're living now? Mm -hmm how we're going to go forward. Do you think you've changed your thought process of how we sing, how we look at our, our business? You're, you're shaking your head. Yeah. I think you it kind of, you have to in a way, but I, I, I've always, I know personally, I've always been hungry and this kind of just makes it, you know, it's like a refusal to wind up in the wake of of wherever this boat is is going you know I'm, I'm gonna be in this damn boat and i'm gonna we're gonna figure that out you know and i know like i've got that mentality and um i don't know i you just gotta you know we've we've got to be our biggest fans and we have to bet on ourselves you know and i think that you know it's that's not has nothing to do with like confidence or arrogance that's just like no. a matter of fact you know Healthy ego is very good in this business. In boat, to be in the boat, not in the wake of the boat. I think this um, experience has really kind of crystallized a few things. And I think that um, as artists, we've always operated with a game of risk. You know, how much risk can we put into this project to get this reward? How much risk can we do this? And so we are constantly structuring what we do around risk. And I think for the first time, in a long time, in a singular instant, the entire nation and the entire world has been thrown into our boat. You know, how do they assess risk? Can they afford to change jobs? Can they afford to stay in their same job? And uh, we've all been thrown in that also. And I've seen a lot of artists being like, you know, this is, this is a time where I can invest in this other thing that I've been doing for a long time, whereas this can be on hold. And in light of that, and in light of having a job, I feel a little bit of survivor's guilt. And so I feel extra obligated to pursue, 
you know, the fruits of the labor that we're being put towards. And I've have found myself becoming a bit of a shark. Whereas usually, you know, you show up and you do rehearsal and you do it well and you go home and it's day and it's night, it's work and it's home. You do a little work, but right now there's no line between work and play, work and sleep and work and eating. And um, in an effort to draw distinction and to make sure that I'm doing the doing work that I can see when you don't have a performance to rely on, you know, what can I see? Oh, okay, role stay. If I can get through a role, I can do this. So I've set up a lot of different parameters to judge how efficient and how effective and how prolific I'm being with what I'm doing. And if I can meet that criteria, then I can rest a little easier, not having to take, you know, the lack of something to show with me all the time. So I found that I feel extra obligated because of all the artists that can't help but be in the wake of the boat, that I need to stay on the boat, help steer that boat. And then when the boat stops going 100 miles per hour, help them back into it. And so I think that, Chris, that was a beautiful uh, <laughs> metaphor to not be in the wake. And I think we're in a unique position to see where opera is going to go. And I think you're right, Sandra, it's not going to be the same as it was. And I don't, I think that's a fear, but I also think it's a great possibility um, to, you know, yeah. come out of this cocoon as a uh, long awaited butterfly. Carrie, tell us what were you going to say, dear? You know, I, in conversations that we've had there with people we've talked to that are coming out in the you know, next couple of weeks, there's also been that conversation of it's okay if you are in the wake. It's okay to say, I've put what I wanted into this, but I'm looking down the future and it's okay to say, I'm going to do this for a while too. I might come back to it, but I might be okay. Um, it's like, it's not failure. It's not um, giving up. It's not any of those negative emotions with it. It's a positive thing to say, um, right now I'm going to take, uh, instead of waiting for an opera company or waiting for a manager or waiting for an opportunity, I'm going to take the bull by the horns and say, I'm going to do this because this is what's best for my family. This is what's best for my heart. It's what's best for my finances. And um, I feel like that isn't being said and I think that needs to be heard and that needs to be said. So I'm all, I'm all for either deciding to be in the boat or deciding to be out of the boat and being okay with either one of them. You know what I mean? So what are you all doing more of and what are you doing less of? Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm doing more drinking. I don't know about any of y'all, but that's happening in this room. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone? I'm doing a lot. I'm doing a lot more eating. Uh, I've been yes. cooking a lot, <laughs> which is actually something really great because, um, you know, before all of this, I rarely cooked for myself. But when everything shut down, you know, there was no more eating out at restaurants. So um, I've really, really enjoyed uh, developing my cooking ability. And now I can cook whatever fattening food that I want. Yay! Come <laughs> into your house. <laughs> What else, any of you? Anything same, more present? Same here. I, I've been cooking a lot more. I've never cooked so much in my life. And it's been really exciting to get excited for food because that's the thing that you can look forward to in a day. Um, and so my partner and I have been really active on that. So me too, Tim. <laughs> um, and then I've also been doing a lot, lot of camping 
which has oh, been so, so lovely and it recenters and uh, kind of what Anne-Marie was saying, it's very meditative. Great. Nice. Yeah. To piggyback off of what Simone said, I went uh, on my first backpacking trip ever and I'm really glad the my partner and I went and I'm really glad that the couple we went with did not tell me how hard it was going to be because I would not have gone. <laughs> But it was amazing because it was the first time I've done something outside of opera where I was like, I'm capable of so much more than I ever thought. And being up an insanely high elevation uh, was good for my head. So I'm looking to get back there. Oh, great. exciting. Oh my gosh. Okay, so what did you learn that you're going to do different next time you go? Like different shoes, different socks? different snacks <laughs> yeah definitely different snacks you okay. do not need nearly as much food as you think you do and I'm also like a notorious overpacker when it comes to food so yeah pack it like bring the light stuff bring the dried fruit not like the heavy okay. dried fruit like banana chips oh. <laughs> uh, and awesome. don't bring like as little clothing as you think you need oh cool okay like, if you re-wear the same pants you know whatever the trees will smell you but they're all gonna smell good, right? Yeah. They're all put it together. You know. You only really need different underwear. Right, yeah. There's a shower waiting on the other side. So Okay. All right. Any anybody else? Doing anything more or less? I've been doing more reading. Um, yeah, I was gonna say the same. Yeah. Some of it not, but it's um it's nice to you know, when we're doing role studies, we're so busy learning the I mean, at least I'm so busy learning the music that I don't um, have time to read or I don't make time rather to read the original um, uh, the play or whatever it's based mm -hmm. off of so that's been nice to have this time to do that that's awesome love that okay well, uh, I love that like even somebody as famous um, in the opera circuit like David McVicker who we released last weekend said um, I did a I, at that point he had done 107 new recipes and he'd been cataloging them and I just thought that was super cool. And and I don't know if you've seen um, Elza Vandeheever's uh, Instagram with all her food and all her cakes. Um, her cakes, I, I think the cake that she made for Sandra and I for Screaming Divas was like the 12th cake she's ever made in her life. And she just discovered that she had this talent in this drive and making cakes actually calms her nervous system down in her brain and gives her, you know, focus and happiness throughout her week, looking forward to making cake. I mean, who knew? And we would never, I think that's part of this time that's in um, a happy or a gifting or a blessing or whatever you want to say, is that we've all learned new things about ourselves, whether they're good or whether they're bad. <laughs> so. You guys have any questions for us? Yeah. Anything? Yeah. Sunshine. <laughs> I was wondering what your guys's tricks are for during this pandemic but also in you know in the real world mm. um what are your tricks when you have to sing and you've had a horrendous day Oof. well there's there's horrendous days and then there's feminine horrendous days too right <laughs> <laughs> right just gonna put that out there um, i'll let carrie talk about the feminine horrendous days because please oh, <laughs> i'm done with that <laughs> Yay. But horrendous days, you know, that's a really good one. Um, people don't know when you step out on stage, people don't know what happened to you. You know, that whole day, the, that week, you know, you might be dealing with, with a, a, an ill parent or had a fight with your partner 
or you know whatever is happening and i find my my way of coping with this is that i have two separate personalities and it sounds like i'm cuckoo but i have my private personality which is sandra ravinowski or actually sandra lear and then i have sandy singer or i don't know if you guys can see this d diva <laughs> my alter personality and that is my personality that when i go on stage that is who i become and when i go on stage it's, it's about compartmentalizing things and this is at 51 now i've just learned this in the last few years but we have to learn how to compartmentalize the parts of our life or else it's going to make you crazy because you can't take all of that daily troubles and shopping lists and screaming children you can't take that on stage with you or else it's going to distract from who you are as a singer or a performer a pianist and so i developed this other personality and they're very, very different. One is very outgoing, Sandy Singer, hey, I'm on stage. But when you put that costume on and when you put that makeup and the wig on, you become that person and you leave that other life behind. And that's the way that I deal with the life things is that turn the phone off when you go into the theater because it's time to work now and it's time to do this job. Because if, if you're not focused, that's when mistakes happen on stage, physical mistakes, vocal mistakes, and you have to just stay centered. So that, I'll answer that. I'll let Carrie answer the, the other fun part. <laughs> or just, your answer as well, Carrie. Yeah, sure, no, I just was thinking of, about that because I mean, as Sandra knows, there's been some not so fun things that have happened in the last like six years of my life and still, you know, going, going, going and on the road for months at a time. Um, and I. I don't know about you all, but I mean, when I was growing up in a kid, uh, growing up, I was on sports teams and you trained and trained and trained. And then the day of whatever it was, you, it's like your mind just goes, go, this is what we're doing. I've got to win. I've got to do whatever to make it to the end. And um, because I don't know how to say this. So I have practiced and worked so hard those muscles to do exactly what I want them to do for that specific role, that aria, that whatever, that whatever's happened that day, if something has exploded personally, I still know that the minute I'm in that theater, like what she's saying, it's like a mental switch because it's like getting ready for game day. It's getting ready for that swim meet. It's getting ready for that whatever it is. And then I can channel those emotions maybe that's, that were um, horrendous or whatever it was, I can actually channel that into that evening's performance. And sometimes that served me, sometimes that hasn't. Does that make sense? It's, a, it's just the same as a soccer match when you're out on the field playing. Um, that's the only thing that I can equate that with. As far as a female issue, um, I've, you know, as singers, male or female, you've got to know your body. You've got, and I think we all have cycles. We all have to figure out what are the good days and what are the bad days. And I know within a certain few days, those cords are going to swell up. And a lot of times that's opening night. What are you going to do? You know what I mean? So you have to figure out what's best. Uh, what? Drugs. <laughs> drugs. Lots of drugs. <laughs> Just kidding. No, but you know, sometimes I know singers that do. Sometimes singers actually, because of how thick their vocal cords get from um, hormonal changes, that they know they have to take steroids either the day before or the day of. 
Um, some singers are safe with Advil because their vascularity on their cords is can handle it and they're safe to do that. Some can't. Some have to learn how to technically work around those swollen cords. So I know my body well enough um, to know what works for what days. And I think as females, you have to figure that out and you have to try it because some, you know, yeah, those days that you don't want to practice because you have horrible cramps mm-hmm. or whatever it is are the days that you need to get your booty up and practice for an hour and try to sing that long to see actually what the consequences are on, yes. on swollen cords for that long. Because I'd rather do that in your house or with your teacher than figure that out on stage on opening night. I remember one voice lesson I went to and I was having horrible, horrible cramps. And I said to her, I called up my teacher, like, I can't come. And she said, no, you're coming because you need to to know how to sing not only 100% well, but you need to learn how your body compensates when, when you are menstruating, when you're feeling sick. And it's good. You need to learn how far you can push yourself. And then you also need to learn, oh, I know when I hit this wall, that's it. And I'm going to hurt myself, not be able to get through the performance. And that only comes from experience too. Right. And really, sometimes the best performances are the ones when you're feeling not well. Yeah. Physically not feeling well. So that, that, those are our experiences and everybody has a different experience. And some people, for instance, Pavarotti always had an announcement if he was like, Domingo, I'm telling you, the guy is dying of, you know, like bronchitis and blah, blah, blah. No, I'm fine. I don't need an announcement. So, you have to learn just from experience and saying, oops, well, maybe I should have had an announcement, but trial and error. Trial and error, true. Questions, any others? No? Yeah, Chris? When you are trying out a new repertoire, how do you, especially when you were starting out, how did you decide what was maybe for five years from now or what was gonna harm you if you tried to fit your voice into it because it was too small? Like, where did you kind of feel your own? when you're coming into it? Um, I will say two things about that. Uh, First off, I'm sure you all have, you're very fortunate in that you're in a great program with great people guiding you. I have probably about that many people whose opinion I take and listen to and put it up here. The rest of them, it goes in and I go, thank you, and it goes out. Because if you don't, you're gonna go cuckoo and second guess yourself. And that is not good because when you go on stage, you are on stage there alone. Your teacher isn't there, your coach isn't there, your partner isn't there. You are there alone, you gotta figure it out. So when I am looking into roles, there's a natural progression. For instance, well, let's just talk Verdi because that's my role. When you start with Verdi, there's a natural soprano progression of the roles. You know, normally somebody sings Gilda and then they'll go and they'll sing Violetta. And then after Violetta, maybe Louisa Miller and then, ooh, maybe Trovatore. And there's this natural progression of the weight of the role. Now, that comes with guidance, I feel, from teachers, but also guidance from your throat. You know, you can go, you can try it out. And there's a role that maybe should fit your fach and fit your voice. And you just go, I don't like that. 
And you, all of you as singers and as pianists too, I'm sure there's pieces that you say, gosh, I love this music. And you sit down your plate and you go, my fingers just don't like this. And there's things, you have to feel it in your throat. And then there's also the aspect of the character. Mm -hmm. And in the era that we live in, that's just as important as the vocal aspect. If you don't get the character, if you don't relate to it, that audience out there is gonna know 100%. I don't get this person. I just don't get it, right? True. And so there have been roles that people have said, yes, 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 you should sing. And I have sung like Mikaela and Carmen. Girl. <laughs> it, was, it was horrendous, right? And you know, it fit my voice. There's roles that I've sung that I just kind of go, mm. like ballo, beautiful music, great stuff. I really don't ever want to sing it again. So, <laughs> but it's, it's a scary thing moving from, you know, what I call lighter rep to big people, big girl rep or big boy rep, right? It's, it's that, that movement. And when does one make that move into big girl or big boy rep really depends upon your stamina can you sing a role that long for instance norma for a soprano you don't take that on not just because of all the difficulties of it but stamina it is a long night something like meister zinger right you really have to be able to sing for three four five hours at a time so you have to in multiple shows and like a, a, and sometimes those shows are only one day off in between can your body handle that? Yeah. And these are all things that right now is probably a good time for you guys to play with that. If there is a role that you're thinking, mm, maybe I should start playing with it, sing it every day. See how you can, if you can physically sustain that stamina and how does it feel? Do you like the character? Is that a good, does that help your, your answer? Yeah, that, that's great. I had never thought about discarding something because the character, you couldn't put yourself into them. But that's, a, that's of course, brilliant. You have to, especially nowadays. I mean, we are very much not just an oral, but we're a visual society. And people want somebody that, that has that character down, that they feel it, they know it, they, they relate to it. And especially if we're going to be going in this kind of format for a while, you can't hide, you know? It's, it's our faces are right there. Yeah. So it's gotta be real and it's gotta be honest. Carrie, do you wanna add? I think the, the biggest advice I was given was look long-term. Are you gonna be a five-year singer or do you wanna be a 30-year singer? Mm. And what does that mean as far as the vocal care and health within the repertoire of what I want to sing and where I am in my age and how that manifested and changed as I got older. Um, I knew that when I changed the soprano, I knew that I could do Tosca, but I didn't want to do it in my mid thirties. I wanted to do it in my forties. I wanted to wait because like she said, I wanted to start, I looked at Puccini and said, no, I want to do Mimi first because I want to know Puccini and I don't want to have to be full blast Puccini where you don't have to be that way with Mimi. So um, I always plan the career that way. I was lucky enough to know Marilyn Horn and she taught me that and said, look long-term. And because everybody's gonna wanna push you into bigger, heavier repertoire, 
everyone wants this, 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 because there are so few of them out there in the world. And I really took that to heart and I've been very careful with how I progressed into some of that bigger repertoire because I wanted to sing as long as she did. I think she sang into what, her 60s or something like that? I mean, that's impressive. Well, well into, yeah. Yeah, so well, that's yeah, how I looked at their careers. That, yeah. that, like Carrie said, the, the story of the tortoise and the hare, right? And how many singers have you seen? I've been doing this for a long time and I've seen singers that were here and gone. Mm -hmm. And you have to decide, there's nothing wrong with that kind of career. If, if you guys wanna go and just knock it out of the park. But also one other thing, so I'm gonna, I'm in a bit of a rant, but you guys gotta think that that orchestra, I don't care what size the opera house is, a Puccini orchestra and a Wagner orchestra is always a Puccini orchestra and a Wagner orchestra. So remember that, even if they've, someone will say to you, you I, I can't tell you how many times I've heard this from managers and people at opera houses, but the theater is small. <laughs> I'm sorry, a Puccini orchestra is loud and they have that vocal doubling and all this if you get a new role, go and listen to somebody who you really admire in that role. Listen to the orchestration. Mm -hmm. Listen to those big moments, those moments where even on a recording, you can't hear them. You think, okay, can I pump out that kind of sound, right? Good to know. Good point. Any other questions? Any other comments or uh, yes, sunshine? <laughs> um, I I feel like we hear this so often as young artists or artists period um, where people encourage us to find like the thing that makes us stand out from everyone else. And I, I've heard that a lot, but I was wondering what both of your like specific in, or examples are of that because it can be super general or it could be super specific. And I, I'm kind of confused about I've never heard an actual answer to that question. <laughs> I got one. Go ahead. I think we as singers are always put into boxes. Yeah. Right? Yes. I mean, look at it. Literally right now we're in boxes. <laughs> <laughs> Box. <laughs> I think it is so easy for, for people. And this is a part of this bigger picture that I want opera companies. I want the opera world to change. We all want the opera world to change. It was time for the opera world to change in so many ways. This being one of them in that singers can, you know, carries over in her box and I'm in my box, but we can kind of be in more than one box. And notoriously, I think it's easier for people to say, Sandra Rabinowski, she's a Verdi singer. <laughs> Instead of, well, Sandra Avanovsky, she can sing Bel Canto and she can sing Verdi, but she can also sing Puccini and she can sing Russian and Czech. And I think what you as a singer have to do, and this is a great time right now for it, is find out what you do better than anyone else. If it's, you're a stage animal. If it's, you sing high and soft better than anyone. If you do funny better than anyone. If you think that your bel canto and your coloratura and your fioratura is better than anyone, and this is a great time for all of you to hone in on that. Because as I said there, and especially now, there's gonna be less and less opera houses 
with jobs and there's still the same amount of singers out there. And you all have to figure out what makes you unique? What makes you special? And that's a hard thing to do. You know, and people will tell you, oh yeah, 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 you're really good at this or you're really good at that. But do you feel it? And this is that soul searching right now because look at, look at the people that you admire the most then, singers that you admire the most. And that's a good way to start. What is it about them that you say, wow, that's why I'm attracted to this singer. And it's not necessarily a vocal thing. And it doesn't necessarily have to be an operatic person either. But for me, that is what is important because I think nowadays we can be in many boxes. And I think it's good to be in many boxes because there's less and less jobs. And we're gonna have to check off all those, tick off all those boxes, not just be a specialist like they were way back in the ages. Like we can't do that. We have to be a jack of all trade in a way, but still being true to ourselves. Does that answer your question? Definitely. Thank uh, you. Carrie wants to say something too. <laughs> you know me well, girl. I love I you. Know Carrie. Um I always I learned this in auditions, you know, the never ending stream of all of us run, running around New York doing stuff like that, NOLA, whatever. Um, you know, a manager, when I changed the soprano, our manager had said, I really want you to sing the sorry. I really want you to learn Trovatore. And I'm like, oh, okay. And so I did, and I had it on my audition list. And a really good friend of mine, um, Juliana Giacomo, walked into, we're on the same roster, different managers, walked in, and they asked for that, and I heard her sing it. And I went, uh-huh, no, coming off the list. Because in my mind, and in my research of who sung what, when I listened to those singers, I got kind of like, I looked at what I did as a business. It's something I actually loved and all the passion was on the stage, but on outside of it, I looked at it as a, my business. And I said, who are the top 10 singers that sing Trovatore? Who are they? Can I learn this role well enough to stand on stage with top 10 and I don't care who they pick because we're all fabulous? Does that make sense? We all have our, our, our bit to say in this role. And I knew that that wasn't one for me. Does that make sense? The minute I heard her and I thought, you know what? No, I'm going to make these decisions. I know that if I walk on stage and sang Vitalia, I could stand on stage with the top 10 singers in the world that sing Vitalia right now. And I'd be happy and honored to stand on stage with them, but I know I'm good enough too. Does that make sense? Totally. And so that's kind of how I picked my my roles and what I really wanted to focus on. And yes, like with Sandra is saying in different boxes, I actually confused people because I was a mezzo and a soprano, but I could go into this box, this box, this box, this box. But I knew that if they hired me, they'd get the best that I could put on that stage. And that's what kept getting me hired again and again and again from those same companies, which is really kind of what you want, those, those relationship with those companies. And that's why I've had a career for as long as I've had. I had one role. I had one role that I did all of my major debuts at all the big opera houses with. And everybody knew me by that role. And it was great because it was a role I was comfortable with. So then when you also had the stress of debuting at a new opera house, you know, as a young artist, you had that luxury of knowing that, oop, I can just go click and sing that role. And it was in my muscle memory. And that's another one that I think you all should think about is have those five roles that you can roll out of bed and sing in any condition. You know, if you are feeling bad, to have that good muscle memory with it so that you can pull that out of your bag and just say, 
yep, I'm good. You all can hire me for, for these five roles. And I think right now, especially, go for it. Carrie's like, hmm. No, no, I totally agree with you. But you made me think of something, Sandra, because you know our careers are, are different and on different levels. But, um, but we've both been doing this for a really long time. But there's also that thing that makes you stand out as being prepared. I mean, Sandra's career started out because she was prepared. She was ready to go on stage when they called her. I have covered numerous roles. And what got around was that I, when somebody actually, they thought they might be sick, they called me in and rehearsed me and they're like, oh, that girl knows that we're okay. So it makes sense So that reputation of being prepared and being on time and being a good colleague and all, even though I got a big mouth and I'm opinionated. Um, oh. <laughs> they know that about me too. But, um, <laughs> but there's, I think that's a huge thing too that's a standout is just being prepared because you never know when you're gonna get called on stage to do that. Would you agree with that, Sandra? Absolutely. And of all the interviews that we've done so far, Bryn, Bryn Turrifle, all of the, the great singers and, and artists that we've interviewed, the, we always ask them, what advice would you give young artists? And they all come back and say, be as prepared as you can. Be the most prepared person in that room. Know what everyone is saying. Have it translated. Know your music. Know everyone else's music. Mm -hmm. And that was unanimously the advice that has been given by people in our business to all of you. Other questions? Yes, yeah, Simone? Um, I have one that might be uh, controversial, I'm not sure, but uh, with the um, all of the, the movements that we've been seeing over the past few months, and with the past of opera being so historically um, uh, wrong with a lot of uh, social issues, right. I'm curious what your opinion is about how you see the opera industry changing um, in the next year or so. Especially I, since like there's so many operas in the canon that are just like old fashioned and like horrible for females and all that kind of stuff too. <laughs> um, do you want to take that or you want me to take it? Go for it, Carrie. You, I'll, I I'll add afterwards. Okay. Um, you know, I kind of, Sandra had said in one of her other interviews, which I, I'm, uh, I really loved was why not, I don't know why I'm saying it instead of her saying it, but um, <laughs> um, that why not put Mimi in, in this time period, in the COVID time period? Why not move some of these old war horses into times that actually reflect what we're going through? Um, for me, I hope uh, opera can change my eyes have been open to administration, to the changes across the board so that our business actually looks like a rainbow instead of one color, which I feel is what it looks like. Um, so I, and, and not just different colors, but different sexes. I need to see more females. I, even a panel I saw talking the other day, there were nine people and two of them were women. And I was like, this is what I'm sick of. I, I want more females in this position. I don't know where that starts, if it's back in grade school and, and in promoting this all the way through and finances to help um, people of all different colors and genders to get where they need to go. But um, this is what I hope. I hope I see in five, 10 years that this is, this is changing because that's gonna help our business relate and get butts in the seats to the communities that we live in. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. It's archaic. Opera is an archaic art form. And I've said this over and over again. And it took a pandemic <laughs> to make the world 
realize that opera, yes, is archaic. And we need to have that diversity. Maybe they need to start having blind auditions like orchestra members do, so that they hire the best person and they're not prejudged by what they look like or their age or their color or their race or their their size, exactly. And I think that is a starting place for us as singers. So, but I think these are all discussions that have to start. And here in Canada as well, the indigenous people, we need to have more operas written about minorities. We need to, we need to get into 2020 people like, hello, you know, operas about things that are important right now. Yeah, I'm a Canadian as well. And I think like, especially with, Indigenous rights. It's also like we need to have operas written for Indigenous singers by Indigenous librettists and Indigenous composers. Like, there's, I'm so sick of companies, um, you know, uh, scheduling operas or commissioning operas and not involving Indigenous right. people in it and trying to tell Indigenous stories. And even if they have like a, you know, a panel who's informing them, I'm like, that's still not the same thing. That's still not changing our system to allow those voices to be heard so important absolutely and it's been it's been the same old same old for so long that the world has been shaken up and now is the time for all of you to use your voice you know go go to the heads of the opera houses write them social media i mean hello that's the best way to use our voice right now and we one person at a time and i think we can change this business and i think it has to be do you all agree yeah absolutely and you know we're trying to do that with our show and hopefully you all will carry that torch forward because you know speak up you all have voices and we've been told this is another thing i i just got on rants on these things sorry go ahead girl go ahead we've been told you know to be seen and not heard right yeah as opera singers, and that time has come and gone. And I think we all need to speak up and say, you know, this is what we want. We want equality, we want diversity, we want our voices to be heard, and it's time, and it's time. And what I think is really exciting about, about you all is that you guys can actually get together Right now, while we're home, we have time to do this and spitball ideas back and forth to each other. And there's no reason why any of you can't come up with the next brilliant idea that can get pitched to the next general director or whatever. Does that make sense? Because actually, they want to hear it. They want to know. And uh, at least I, in my opinion, I mean, I think that their doors right now are wide open for ideas, for um, inventiveness, for ingenuity. Is that the right word? Yes. I'm getting smart. Um, so, you know, I mean, (laughs) so I think that, um, I think that now's the time to do that. If there's a a seed of something going on and you guys, and, and you want to pitch an idea, I mean, why not? It doesn't hurt right now. There's, it's not going to hurt your career. It's not going to hurt anything. So I think you all pardon that we're, we're challenging you all to make a difference, but to go to the general manager or go up to somebody and say, you know what? I was afraid before, but I really think these are my ideas and I just wanted to share them with you. Please. You, you know, no? lately I've been thinking about that movie the, uh, with Freddie Mercury. And you know that, I don't know if y'all saw it. Did you see that movie with, um, about his story? Okay, uh, it's a great movie. I, I thought it was. Um, 
because of this point, because there was a moment when he walked into the, um, I think it was his manager's office and he, and he produced that song, the one that has like five different genres in it, including opera and all that kind of stuff. I can't, I don't know why. Bohemian Rhapsody. Thank you. That's the name of the damn movie, right? <laughs> Carrie's a blonde, y'all. I'm sorry. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Um, anyway, so, but that song, and, and he got pushed back. They're like, there's no way we can put an eight-minute song on the radio, and look what happened. And there are, I love stories like this. It's why I love reading um, biographies of opera singers, biographies of famous, you know, any kind, because their stories always started with some kind of uh, a seed of an idea, and I think that, that this is the time to come up with those, because we have no idea when we're going to get back in the theater, but we still need to produce our art, so how can we do that? And what are those ideas? And I think you guys, you know, this next generation coming up behind us is the hope for all of us. So yep. get together people and come up with some ideas. <laughs> well, we challenge everybody out there watching too. You know, all, all the young artists out there, not just you all, but all of you go out there and use your voice. You know, it, it's time. It, it really is time. More questions, anybody? Any, do, 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 do. Any concerns? Yeah. Thoughts on um, managing managers? Uh, have you guys, have your managers like talked to you in terms of looking towards the future or, because we're, we're all in positions right now where in the next couple of years, we're all hoping to be signed by somebody and that's looking very uh, tricky right now. So that's, that's a concern that I have. Um, I've been really lucky to be with Cami for as long as I've been with Cami. Um, I mean, they're having their own issues too, like every other, I mean, from the smallest firm to the big firm, they all have had issues. Um, most of them, have, I think all of them, from what I understand, have been furloughed at some point um, and then are coming back. Um, but managers that haven't really truly stopped working, even though they're furloughed, they're still doing their jobs. Um, but the best part about you guys is the company that you're with and the networking that can happen through that company. And that is something that needs to continue on as long as you're there and then afterwards. And I mean networking with everybody, with your coaches, with your teachers, with whoever they bring in to work with you, continue that relationship with them. They want you to, they're there to help you. So if you wanna run an idea by somebody, send them an email, communication and being connected to everyone is always a good thing. And it's something that I actually still to this day have to keep telling myself to do because I'm the one that's like, oh, I don't wanna ask for help. I can do it by myself or oh I don't want to bother them or oh this or that but it's I mean Sandra and I can I think would say for ourselves I'm happy if somebody reaches out to me if there's something I can help them with because I've had so many people help me along the way so keep those communication lines open you're not bothering people um, just reach out and do it and that's that's the way I think what's going to happen in moving forward is, as things change and we don't know what's going to happen just the connection of everyone is gonna be really imperative to keeping your careers moving, in my opinion. And also I would say for, you're all in the States right now, except for Simone, right? You're all, yeah. I think that this is my, my opinion and a lot of people have confirmed this, that reach out to your local, local opera house if you aren't in San Francisco, because I think regional opera, that kind of stuff, wherever, whatever city you are in right now, I think is going to be the start again of opera. For instance, uh, us here in Toronto or in the Toronto area, you know, go to the COC and say, hey, I'm here, I'm willing, let's do some concerts and try to 
to, to drum up some sales, if you, if you call it that, but, you know, promote yourself. And also think about Europe when you can get there. Um, think about management in Europe. There's a heck of a lot of opera companies in Europe. And, you know, it's a good way to kind of get your chops going and, and trying out new roles in Europe in these opera houses. You know, there's one in each city. And Fest right now, that might be a great way for you guys to go after you're done with the program. Mm -hmm. And just to get your repertoire going and, and to do that, trying out roles. Oh, this one works. Oh, this one doesn't work. Mm -hmm. And also to get the culture, you know, the languages and all of that and experience that because opera seems to be thriving over there again. It's where all of my first jobs are gonna be coming from. And hopefully, and um, you know, it seems like the US is still a ways away. So if you can get over there. Other questions? Concerns? Yeah, Chris? So balancing off of where jobs are gonna come back from Europe, uh, in your experience, both y'all's experience working in AA houses, uh, where where have you seen that rehearsals are not led in English primarily? Where there's a, where there's, a, where there's a, a, a large bias towards the the national language. Um, you know, most of the A houses they they go with the general language of what most people speak, and if it is in English, almost everybody speaks Italian. If you're a German singer, it's usually English and German then. But I sing mostly in Italian, almost all in Italian. And so it's either Italian or English. And in Germany, even, even in Berlin and all the opera houses in Munich that I, I work in, almost everybody speaks Italian, English, or German. So if you have one of those three, um, I found, and I've worked in some remote opera houses you know, when I started out, and, and they still, you manage. You know, yeah, you make friends with the person that understands English in your cast. Uh, you become their best friend. <laughs> but that said, it's a great way to learn a language too. Sure thing. You know, and you, you, my very first European gig was in Cologne, in Cologne, Germany, and it was a Russian opera in a Germany. I didn't speak Russian, and I didn't speak German. Oh my and God. The Onyegin was German. And everybody was German, and I learned German very quickly. Because <laughs> you, not being understood and not understanding people is, is the worst feeling in the world. It really is. But now we have apps. You know, you can get around with it. Are you app. calling me old, Carrie? Yeah, a little bit, girl. Okay. <laughs> now we got like, can you just talk into my phone, and then I can see what you're saying. <laughs> so we do have those. Sorry, yeah. love you. Other questions, anybody? Concerns, fears, anything you want to tell our viewers? Are we done? No? We just okay. wish you, I know, we just wish you all so much support and love and like big kudos and everything to keep going and to keep doing what you're doing. And, or if you decide to do something else and become like the next best, I don't know, chef, author real estate broker whatever it is you know like we all love you and support you doing that too <laughs> yeah and hopefully i see some of you out there in october when i do the concert in the parks and yeah fingers crossed and i hope that all of you get back on stage singing yeah live 
very soon. And if you have any comments, questions, anything, Carrie and I are here for you guys 24 seven. Absolutely. And, and if you want us to hook you up with anybody that you want to talk with anyone about, please feel free to reach out to us because this is part of our job, you know, is to help all of you guys because you're the future of opera and we really wish you all the most luck. Hugs, everything. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Thanks Take for your care. Job. Stay Thanks. safe. Stay safe, and thanks for doing this with us. Thanks for taking time out of your days to hang out and, and talk. Thanks. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Bye. 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 Stay safe. Stay well. <laughs> <laughs>